This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Do you like sci-fi, fantasy, action, adventure, and comic books? Then you've come to the right place for your weekly dose of anything and everything geek. So strap in and let's get this show on the road. Welcome to the Science Fictionary Podcast. Welcome to the Science Fictionary Podcast. I'm your host, David, and joining me today is Andrew. What's going on? And Marisha. Ciao, everybody. And we have a very special guest. We have Ro from the Scarif Podcast here on the show with us tonight. What's up, Scuttle Buddies? Oh, I like it. And uh, we didn't have a whole lot of news to talk about, only three little pieces uh, to talk about this week. But we have a a couple interesting concepts we want to bring up and and we'll just see where these conversations take us like we always do. And I think it's going to be a fun show. Um, so before we jump into the real news, uh, we have a Star Wars podcast, the Chorus Not Radio Underground. But the thing is, I'm never really on it. But there was that Mandal- Mandalorian trailer. And we don't got to go into it. But as oh, no, president- I want to I, I yeah. hear what you we, – we already posted like our episode on it. But I want to hear what you thought about it. Well, I just wanted to say, as the resident uh, professional wrestling fan here, I nearly jumped out of my chair when WWE wrestler Sasha Banks showed up in the trailer. I had no idea that that was going to be happening. Huge surprise. She was the the lady in a hood that looked Mm -hmm. mysterious Uh for two seconds. Absolutely, yeah. Um, And that just made me even more excited to, to see it. But um, And we don't got, like I said, we got a whole show about it. Definitely check out Chorus on Radio Underground. But that's why it stuck out to me because I just, I love Sasha Banks. She's an incredibly talented uh, person and she's going to be great in the show, I'm sure. But overall, I think the trailer looked awesome. I'm sure you guys already spoke about it, but uh, I loved the trailer. I think it looked so, so incredible. Who, so who do you think Sasha Banks is playing? Probably, it, I mean, it looked like a, I don't know, because there were this there were talks about like oh finding members of like the Jedi Order to bring it to, so maybe she's that. But she it was a black hood, so I'm guessing just some sort of imperial bad person. The only the only thing that I would say to that the armorer was doing the voiceover throughout the the uh, teaser there, mm-hmm. and when you saw her, she specifically says. Uh, you know, she specifically mentioned the Jedi, you know, the sorcerers, and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. she disappeared. So I'm wondering if she's a, a new Jedi, a new hidden Jedi, or if she is an envoy uh, for Ahsoka. Or maybe even like an Inquisitor, you know, who's still lurking around. You know, a little bit of both. Uh, a little bit I of love the, me. I love me some Inquisitor action. A little bit of the Empire, a little bit of the uh, the Force going. Yeah, well, I, I think we kind of both went the same way. With maybe she's a Force user, maybe she's one of these sorcerers, but maybe she's not, you know, the, maybe she's not the Jedi they're looking for. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, because she's she certainly got that look. Not that we haven't seen Jedi wear black, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's kind of this whole thing of if you look at it from the Mandalorian's perspective, he's going looking for this this group of sorcerers who he knows nothing about. Well, he could just as easily stumble up on the wrong one as the right one. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And that that being said, I just you sparked an idea there. What if she's the uh, what is her what is she? She's the ninth sister. Yeah. The mm-hmm. sixth sister. I forgot what what new names they have them. But right. um, she could be one of those inquisitors. And I think I think you hit it on the uh, on the head there, Andrew. If if it is somebody that he thinks is a, a Jedi, uh, just because she's carrying around a lightsaber, and then towards the middle of the season we find out that it's not. A Jedi, and it's actually an Inquisitor, and the last shot would be Ahsoka just coming out of nowhere and defending the child. How crazy would that be in the interim between season two and three, with all the Star Wars podcasts talking about? Oh, that would be nuts. There would be lots to talk about. That would be great. That'd be incredible. I can't. I really hope that Ahsoka. uh, I can't wait to see her. I hope that. do they ever confirm that she's going to be in the show? No, it's it's not confirmed. I, you know, the actress that is, you know, they, they do have an actress rumored to be cast as Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. And IMDb shows her as Ahsoka, but I don't know how, like, reliable IMDb information. I don't know if that's, yeah. like, the Wikipedia of movie information or... It sort of seems to be. But, uh, yeah, as for Sasha Banks, though, I mean, she's not... I wouldn't imagine that she has a big role at all though um maybe i'm wrong but well, it does look like I'm, she's now now imdb like i said you know i don't know how accurate it is but it does list her as being in three episodes three that's more than most of the characters right i mean that's almost half season one that, we're doing eight so i mean you're in uh-huh. almost half the episodes so that's it i i, I just wouldn't have expected that because as far as i don't think she's done much acting at all wrestling not is not acting well it is, except that. I mean, there is a lot of that, but it's a very different. Um, there's a reason that Rock had to make Scorpion King before he made Fast and Furious. <laughs> That's true. Uh, it, it's a, it's a bit of a different thing to jump into, but she does. She is a very talented uh, performer um, and great. I'm sure she'll be a great actress. But that's just really exciting for me. Um, as just a big fan of hers. And uh, I like all the theories. I'm very excited to see where that goes. I'm that's one of the, I'm going to be watching it the second that that first episode drops. I'm going to be on Disney Plus. Yeah, we're going uh, to be staying up. Uh, beyond excited. So um, we'll all I'm be sure on the Twitter and we'll, the you know talking on the Twitter I'll thread and Twitter. the text message threads. All like, hey, did you see the thing? Uh, I'll definitely have to actually come on Coruscant Radio. Uh, yes. to uh to talk about it absolutely and i'm sure that uh there's plenty of more thoughts that you guys have on bo- both of y'all's uh, respective podcasts i'm sure you've talked about it and uh definitely our viewers please go check those out i'm sure there's plenty of interesting things to say but we won't uh stay on it too long because there's a whole show just about that uh but the first bit of non-star wars related news was that uh the marvel cinematic universe has cast their she-hulk and uh, it is uh, Tatiana Maslany. I hope I'm uh, pronouncing that correctly. And I don't know about you guys. No offense to to Miss Maslany. I'm sure she's going to be great. But when I first read this, there was a little bit of disappointment that came over me uh, because we had all been speculating that Allison Brie would be playing She-Hulk. Right. She's definitely not Allison Brie. No, I looked her up, and, and I have not seen a single thing she's been in. The, uh, the biggest thing it looked like was Orphan Black, uh, a TV show, which I never watched. I've and seen trailers from Orphan Black. Seen, mm-hmm. 
Uh-huh. So let, me, let me ask you guys this because I'm looking up some stuff here, and it still says sources tell Deadline that Orphan Black star Tatiana Maslany is the choice to play. But has that been confirmed specifically by the the official? Official, I guess the people? official official avenues. <laughs> I don't think so. I, I've seen it. I mean, Variety ran it, and Variety is usually pretty reliable I, I got my i got uh all the news that i try to get from the show comes from comicbook.com because okay. uh, they've been really reliable in the past and uh, that's where i got this one okay so i mean it looks like everybody's run with it i don't see an official announcement from yeah. mar from disney or marvel but they're not always real good about doing that and uh but i do see that variety ign the nerdists and sci-fi wire have all run with the story and, and we were expecting an announcement, so it kind of fell right about the time we should have been expecting it. So I've never seen her in anything. Like I'm familiar with Orphan Black, but I haven't watched it. Um, she's really, she's really fantastic. I mean, what she has done in Orphan Black is nothing less than spectacular. And that's what um, I, heard. I didn't, I didn't recognize her at first when, when that, when they released that picture. Um, and I didn't know who that was uh, up until somebody told me that uh, it was uh, the young lady from Orphan Black. But um, and it, it seems like it's a it's going to be a Disney Plus show. It's not a theatrical release. So, Correct. yeah, it, uh, if I think if it were a, a, a theatrical release type of project, um, I would be scratching my head a little bit more because. I you know she comes from the small screen, doesn't she? I, I don't, I can't remember anything that I've seen her like in in movies, movies, and obviously Orphan Black has been going on for how many seasons? Um, I, I just can't remember. I can't picture them hiring her to do like a big budget mm-hmm. tentpole cinematic, you know, breakout, you know, She Hulk. Right. And she's not the actress that I pictured as She Hulk to begin with, but you know. Pleasantly surprised. I, you know, it'd be nice to, to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, she looked, I mean, okay. Like I said, I haven't seen her. I've heard wonderful things, but I, you know, as far as like, you know, she is an award winning actress on the small screen. In fact, the first Canadian actor to win an Emmy in a major dramatic series for a Canadian series. So that's a Canadian series have always had a hard time breaking that wall and, and, getting those awards and so that's a big deal i'm, I'm looking forward to it I, I like i said i don't know much about her i don't really know what their plans with the series are i've heard a lot of mixed reaction to the casting and um i mean i i think i was one of the people that was like you know all on board for allison brie to play the role but i'm fine with this i i think she's going to from everything i see she should be perfect for this role um kind of my thought about this though really started kind of thinking now that the She-Hulk series, this kind of puts some, makes it a little more real since we haven't gotten, I mean, we knew, you know, it was announced, but you start casting people and it suddenly starts becoming a little more real. Mm -hmm. Um, With all of the additional rumors floating around about specifically the characters from the Netflix Marvel series coming back, potentially with the same actors, uh, do we think that this series, because of She-Hulk's relationship to a lot of those characters, including the fact she's been a member of the Defenders, the Fantastic Four, and, and a number of other heroes for hire, she, she's been part of all those groups. Do we think that this 
series could begin to serve as a backdoor to bring those characters back. I, I really, really hope so. I hope that it allows for those characters to come back. I'd love to see those characters come back in any way. And I'd also love for the series to serve as a launching pad for both She-Hulk and those characters into the movies. Um, I really want to see She-Hulk in the movies. I think it is a complete waste if they don't. And I want to see her alongside all those characters like the Hulk, like the Defenders, like the Heroes for Hire, like the Avengers. I want to see her alongside them on the big screen in the next Avengers movie. I think as a character, she deserves to be there. How long has the character actually been around? The Okay, so the character has only been around since like 1980. The character was created in response to both the success of the Hulk TV series, Lou Ferrigno TV series, and oh, what what was the the Bionic Woman? Uh, those two things, the the success of the Bionic Woman, which was a spinoff of Six Million Dollar Man, okay. right? And so, sure. <laughs> my understanding is that the that Stan Lee and some other folks at Marvel got real nervous that the TV series, the Hulk TV series, was going to decide to introduce a female version of the Hulk before they did. And so that's when the character was created. And then, of course, they never used her in the TV series. But <laughs> but she's a good character. The only place that I've seen She-Hulk is the kids watching Superhero Squad. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> she's, she, uh, uh, I, think, um, I think she's in a couple episodes of this really great... A series on, on Disney Plus called Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes. It was a great cartoon show. I think that she's in that in a few episodes. I'm not 100% sure. I haven't seen every episode of that. And other than that, I can't actually remember like any cartoons she's had a big role in. She's She hasn't really had a chance to break out. And that sucks because in the comic books, she is fan freaking fantastic she's one of my favorite characters in marvel easily one of the best female characters marvel has i mean i truly think that she as a character has the potential to be marvel's wonder woman she's right. she's that great to me and my maybe it's just personal bias but i think she's that great of a character and she's so much fun she's been in some some great stories most recently she was she's been in a lot of big big stories um like you said, she she was in the Fantastic Four for a while, replacing the Thing as the big powerhouse. Uh, okay. She's been part of the Defenders, lots of Avengers stories. Um, so there's a lot of stuff to pick up to to read about her. Most most recent thing I can think of was like the Civil War two book that came out. She was a big deal in, but that was a few years ago. Now, time flies in comic books. Um, Secret Invasion, uh, mid two thousands Avengers books from Brian Michael Bendis are, are a great place. Uh, to find some of her in there too so yeah she's a really, really awesome character i really really like she hulk a lot and i really hope that um this actress does a great job i mean i have no reason to think she won't i'm just excited to see the show i'm just so happy the show's happening yeah that's awesome okay so i've got a question uh building mm -hmm. on andrew's question if they do decide to introduce some of the netflix Marvel characters, if they manage to get all of that sorted out right with Netflix and licensing well, and all of that. That's all sorted out. Like that con sorted. That's expired. Okay. 
what are the odds that they recast Danny Rand? Because I know that like there a lot of those characters were very well received, but um, he was <laughs> not. I think if they bring those characters back over, I don't think they're going to keep the story, which with uh-huh. which with I, with Punisher and Daredevil, I kind of find unfortunate. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I don't know. There's some time lapse here. I don't know that they can necessarily reassemble the actors anyway. Right. Uh, and I don't know that they're going to be willing to try Iron Fist again until they see how Shang-Chi does. Mm, that's fair. Uh, Iron Fist. (laughs) I get why you asked that question, because I think every actor did a fantastic job, except for Finn Jones. And I'm a fan of Finn Jones. Just wasn't working for me, man. It didn't work for me at all. I don't think it worked for anybody, actually. You know, Um, I I think when I watched, uh, when I remember watching that, uh, that series, I remember I thought, well, maybe the writers are doing something specific. Maybe they're mm-hmm. holding back. Maybe this is part of his his uh, his arc uh, of growth. But he never really, I, I think he was holding back too much. And by the end of the show, I realized, yeah, it, it's not it's not him. It's not the it's just that the writing just didn't they didn't yeah. know what to do with him. I and agree. it's 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 unfortunate. Well, you tried to you you know you were trying to do. I don't know if either of y'all watched um, Into the Badlands. Um, I've no. seen it. If you haven't seen Into the Badlands, I highly recommend it. It's probably some of the best uh, martial arts stuff done on TV in in decades, maybe. And it's it's really good. But basically, it was running. I mean, incredible kind of mystical side of martial arts. And it was running concurrent with with Iron, Iron Fist. Fist, and it just it was clear that they weren't sure how to handle the fights. I mean, that should have had some of the best fights in all of the Netflix stuff, and it, mm-hmm. it and they were just lackluster, forgettable. Yeah, they, they didn't even compare favorably to the fights in Daredevil. No, right. It really does seem like um, you know they planned the Daredevil fights a lot more, and obviously with. With those single shot, very well choreographed mm-hmm. fights in Daredevil, um, it, it does seem like they put a lot of attention into that show, and they just let Iron Fist just kind of live on its own without without that special attention. And yeah, I was you know with his powers, I was definitely you know waiting to see something spectacular. And they tried a couple things, but it just didn't it didn't match up to the Iron Fist that I was used to. Right. I mean, it was kind of the point where he was kind of being overshadowed by by counterparts in, in the series, mm-hmm. like Colleen Wing. Yep, Colleen Wing was awesome. You remember? You all remember that? Uh, that like five second shot of him watching an old video of an old Iron Fist fighting off the hand mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the middle of the woods. Yeah, that like five ten second shot of that Iron Fist outshined the entire show. And, and ran. Right. That's what. That's the show I want to see. That's what I want to see in front of me. And um, I 100% agree. Colleen Wing. That's probably the the biggest one of the biggest tragedies uh, coming out of, of all that Netflix stuff was that we're never going to get that Daughters of the Dragon series that was going to be yeah freaking awesome. I'd love to see Colleen Wing again. I'd love to see all those characters again. But would they recast? I mean, I think yeah. I think I think I think Rose. Right. It's 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 not fair to 
to just dog on Finn Jones when no, there was, the writers. Yeah, no, there was definitely definite problem with with the writing and some of the production design and all of the fight scenes. Yeah. I still Except the one with the drunk guy. I particularly enjoy Finn, Do- Finn right. Jones. Yeah. I can't remember. But I wouldn't be upset if they didn't recast him. Okay. I'd be right. okay if they didn't. I'd also be okay if they did recast him. I'd be upset if they recasted any of the other Netflix characters. Yeah, that would be pretty sad. Never, I will never accept anybody else as Punisher. John Bernthal is Punisher for me, and that's it. Absolutely. That's it's going to be hard. I, I will not get, ever get over it. He's going to be hard to top. Was there a Punisher sure. movie at some point? Oh, yeah, there's been a couple of Punisher there's movies. a couple. With Nicolas Cage? No. <laughs> no, but I would so watch that. Uh, no, it, Nicolas Cage. No, that was, uh, he was Ghost Rider, right? Yeah, Nicolas Cage is Ghost okay. Rider. There have been a couple Punisher movies. There's been one with uh, Dolph Lundgren in like the 90s. Maybe it was even 80s. Then there was one with um, with Tom. There were I think there were maybe two with Thomas Jane. Maybe it was just one. And then there was another one called Punisher Warzone with Ray Stevenson. And honestly, I really like most of those movies. They've been, I've enjoyed the Punisher movies for what they are, at least. I don't think you could build a franchise off of them, but there have been a couple well, Punisher movies. Did you guys see the uh, fan film Punisher? I think it was called Laundry Day. No. You guys, you guys called, have got it, to look at It was Laundry Day or Dirty Laundry. Something yeah, like something like that. That was phenomenal. That was awesome. Yeah, but Thomas Jane, that was really great. And that wasn't that long ago, 2008. Yeah, 2008. So not that long ago. It was pretty good. I really, I've I've watched it recently. It was a lot of fun, but still, none of that topped the show, in my opinion. Yeah. And the story is pretty deep. And so sometimes those kinds of stories are told, just better told in a long form. Mm hmm. And that's the thing. None of the, none of the Punisher movies ever got into that deep stuff that they did like with the trauma the ptsd and Mm -hmm. and the other mental condition that they said he had in daredevil and it's a perfect mm -hmm. case for long term uh long format storytelling in Mm -hmm. like tv yeah you you don't you don't have time to dig that deep into it in a movie no you don't have time for the like the two episode arc of him and and court and the trial of of uh frank castle i mean that's awesome Mm mm-hmm and now we can officially declare that poor Ben Barnes has finally come out of the shadow of Prince Caspian. <laughs> and that his, his much maligned performance of Prince Caspian in those Narnia movies. And again, Montoya. Th- that Spanish accent, yeah. Um, so who will be Peter Parker's lawyer? Is it going to be Jennifer Walters or Matt Murdock? Mm. At this rate, it's going to be Jen Walters, probably, because she's in that movie. Actually, you know what? At this rate, it'll probably be neither of them, because they're not going to do the super cool thing that they should do. Um, I've said it for years. You're 100% right for bringing that up, because I've said it for years. Anytime a Marvel character needs a lawyer, it should either be Matt Murdock or Jen Walters. That's it. There's no other... There's no exception. It has to be one of those two. I'd love for it to be Matt Murdock. I'd love for it to be Jen Walters, but I don't see them doing that. It'll probably be generic. 
it'll probably just be a, a, a character called Lawyer, but that'd be so freaking awesome. <laughs> a character called Lawyer. Yeah, Everybody's lobbying for that, that role. They want to be uh, a lawyer Yeah, so I would love it if, if Matt Murdock was, was... That would be... That'd be the greatest moment in cinematic history for me. If I'm watching Spider-Man 3 and Charlie Cox walks through into the courtroom and he's like, don't say another word. I'm your lawyer. And yep. it's like, uh, where are your papers? I'm your lawyer. I mean, they did <laughs> just show up. You know, they did just pull uh, J. Jonah Jameson from freaking Spider-Man 2003. Right. That's a great point. So, I mean, if they that didn't do that, I don't point. think, I definitely don't think they're above going and snatching a Charlie Cox, who I don't think is really that busy right now anyway, but he'd do it. Yeah. I'm sure he would do it. It's it's as if Marvel is going to be like, oh, we're petty. Netflix made it, not us. So we're not using it. Honestly, I was really surprised when J. Jonah Jameson showed up at, with the same the actor. Part of the movie. For, I mean, yeah, it was great, but I was like, it was just kind of jarring i was like wait a second it's it's, it's that other spider-man you know my brain melted a little bit then yeah and that was good but that's a, that's another character that it's always been said there were no one else can play J. jonah jameson except for for jk simmons um and i've thought that too that's one of the most perfect castings and that was a that was a real uh great moment but we've gotten a little off track here <laughs> uh, no Andrew us? brought it back around with the lawyer thing <laughs> But yeah, I'd love to see that. I'd love to see her in the movies. I want to see her in the movies. I think it's a wasted opportunity if they don't. But right. I think that's probably the way that they're headed. Um, especially because like there's other movie characters that are now going to be on Disney Plus. No, I think they intend to firmly tie these into the MCU. They've been very pointed about that fact. So I yeah. expect to see a lot of these characters at some point show up in some capacity in the movies. It's a missed opportunity if they don't. But Marvel is not above missed opportunities. So um, I'm just really crossing my fingers here. Uh, Speaking of of all this Marvel casting news, there was one other uh, big casting news. Uh, Well, big is a relative term. uh, But uh, Jonathan Majors has joined Ant-Man 3 as Kang the Conqueror. Uh, which was a rumor for a while, but I think it's been official now that he is Kang. He's playing Kang the Conqueror, which is... Super interesting because King the Conqueror is not the first person that I would have imagined for the villain of Ant-Man 3. Because he's traditionally been a just a straight-up Avengers villain, but they, they, they've played around with villains and stuff before, mixing them up. Like, in Shang-Chi, the villain's going to be the Mandarin, but the Mandarin's always been an Iron Man villain, so they're not above mixing it up. And I kind of do like that. I like that they're picking toys from the toy box and mm-hmm. pairing them with different people, but... um. Still wouldn't have guessed that Kane the Conqueror would be in Ant-Man 3. But actually, I wouldn't have guessed that Kane the Conqueror was going to be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe at all. I thought that that was just too much for them to uh, the tackle. <laughs> and uh, Andrew, you were telling me before the show that like you tried to research Kang and it was just not going it, well for you. It's very, as far as all of the, you know, I love the comic book movies. I've read some comic books, not many. And... Most of the car, most of the comic books I've read in my life have been Star Wars comics, and so getting into this, I, I will tend to go back and kind of dig through the history of a character, and I've never really run across one that I thought was more confusing 
than Kang the Conqueror. And, and I think I can back that up by the conversations people have been having on Twitter this week where they clearly don't have any idea who this character actually is. Yeah, I mean, I had to admit it before. And I think over the course of this show, I've proven my comic book knowledge and like my, my legitimacy as a, as a reader and as someone who can talk about this stuff. And I have uh, no freaking idea <laughs> how to explain what Kane the Conqueror is. You were asking me questions, and I was like, I don't even know, man. Um, that is just one character who I have not read a lot of. But he is a big classic Avengers fan, so maybe I should. But also, I'll tell you, amongst hardcore comic book fans, nobody gives a crap about Kane the Conqueror. <laughs> nobody cares about Kane the Conqueror. Ro, um, do you not to say that he couldn't be an interesting villain. Yeah. I mean, Ro, do you have thoughts on Kang? You know, I'm not familiar with him. I remember hearing the name, and I um, I did read a lot of Marvel comics, you know, growing up. Uh, whose villain was he? Uh, mainly just an Avengers villain. Yeah. and Never I you really know, a specific character. Right. And, you know, growing up, I was a big uh, Spider-Man comic book uh, collector, so I had all the Spidey titles, spectacular, amazing, Marvel team-up. Um, I also had X-Men, some Fantastic Four. Uh, I was, I, you know, I was kind of very loyal just to a very small handful of titles um, on my end. So, uh, you know, uh, King, uh, that character really does not... I don't have any memories too much of, of him. He didn't, he wasn't in, in your scope. Yeah. Uh, it it but, seems you know, like in a lot of people's scope. And that yeah. like, that's kind of like the conversation I'm kind of, that's the drift I'm getting is everybody's like, Oh, I think I've heard that name. Like even people who, you know, are pretty, pretty avid comic book readers are just like, huh? <laughs> right and and i've seen and a that, lot of stuff i that's mean that's almost i'm sorry no I, go, go ahead real Roy. fast and that's almost the the same um i guess it's, it's almost the same idea i had when they introduced um the villain for was the, the latest avengers movie not thanos but uh baron zemo mm-hmm. i also kind of had that like feeling like who's this guy oh i remember his i remember the the outfit and the mask and stuff like that and I'm like, that's an interesting choice of, of a character to bring in. Yep. It does look like I they're mean, fixing to do some interesting stuff with Zemo in this Falcon and Winter Soldier series. Right, yeah. And I, I mean, I, I, like, I like the comic book villains, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the big heavies like uh, Craven the Hunter. And I know there's kind of rumors that that's kind of also on, on the whiteboard over at Marvel. Mm -hmm. But... Um, you know, Electro, I know they did, it wasn't uh, Jamie, uh, what's his name? Jamie Foxx. Jamie, Jamie Foxx. Fox, and that's one of the Spider-Mans I did not see. Um, you didn't, didn't miss a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, it wasn't that good. Yeah. I, I mean, I do enjoy that they are kind of playing with the toy box. You know, they're digging in. They're, they're saying, let's do something like get... Baron Zemo and let's use him now they're using him in a pretty prominent role and he has his mask and let's use Kane the Conqueror I mean I I at least have enough faith in Marvel to know that they would not go with Kane the Conqueror if they didn't have an actual idea for him and and a real 
a real good story with him involved. I just realized I haven't even mentioned yet. What I can tell you about Kane the Conqueror is he is a time lord. He his whole thing <laughs> is that he time travels. He is he conquers time. That's kind of his thing. He goes right. all o- all throughout space and time. In um, a blue phone the, booth. Unfortunately, no. Um, oh, wrong, wrong kind of time, wrong show. Wrong kind of time <laughs> well, lord. I know I caught him. I know I caught him a time lord, but that was just uh, the best, the, the best uh, <laughs> descriptor uh, right. uh, words I could. Yeah, the best descriptor could come up with. So he's a time traveler. Which, when I think about it, I never would have guessed him as a villain for Ant Man. But now that I'm thinking about it, Ant Man, Quantum Realm, time travel. Right, Game I mean, Conqueror, time traveler. Ant Man you know, essentially, yeah, I mean, Ant Man essentially is the one that invented time travel in the MCU. So yeah. uh, it, it kind of makes sense. But I mean, this is a character I looked into. He's not even from primary Earth. He's from other Earth, which Earth six three one one in the Marvel comics. Where now he does show up on Earth six one six, but he's from an Earth where the Dark Ages never occurred. So they're so much more technologically advanced. He's also was born because one of the things I saw, I, I knew nothing about the character. I'd, I'd heard the name. I knew nothing about it. So I, I kind of went digging because I saw on Twitter a lot of very both excited responses and kind of dismayed responses that this casting was going to somehow affect the casting of Reed Richards, who we've had Krasinski rumored for close to a year on that. And this has no bearing whatsoever on the Reed Richards. Uh, the The official stuff on Kang the Conqueror says he might be descended from Reed Richards, and he also might be descended from Doctor Doom. Hmm. Um, Dude, and I have, he's I have so many boxes of comics in my closet right over there and I have never freaking heard of that. He's also, (laughs) he's from this other earth and he was born in the 31st century. So for all of those reasons, this casting has no bearing whatsoever on Reed Richards. So Mr. Fantastic can. So for everybody that's excited, you might rein it in a little bit and for everybody that's all upset about it, you're probably getting upset over nothing, which is probably just what you do, but <laughs> <laughs> but it is an I mean it is a potentially really interesting character because with this new phase of the MCU, it seems that we're going to we're not gonna just brush time travel aside and pretend like it didn't happen. Right. And we're also going to apparently continue playing a little bit in the multiverse because we've got this, we've got uh, Dr. Strange uh, coming up. And so it, it seems that they're kind of opening it up a little bit and maybe getting ready to play a little bit more in those areas as well as in the cosmic realm, which is very exciting. I don't know. Time travel gets convoluted so fast. Like I really enjoy time travel stories, but I don't necessarily like time travel as a plot device in a non time travel movie. Does that make sense? Like I like back to the future. I could do without time travel in, (laughs) in the Avengers because then all of a sudden you start having to make these arbitrary rules about these events, you know, are like immutable and can't be changed because otherwise like the story just makes no sense. And, you know, 
it just it gets complicated and confusing. I absolutely love time travel, but it's got to be done well. And I kind of agree with you, Marcia, as far as just using it as a, uh, I don't know, a, a cheap way to kind of rehash or rewrite something that they didn't get the first time around. But, uh, you know, comic books, obviously, I you know, growing up, they had a lot of, you know, weird stuff in them, um, mysticism, time travel, space travel. It's interesting that they're going in this uh, next phase of the MCU um, I find it interesting that they're going in that uh, aspect. I, you know, I, I think a lot of fans of Star Wars were getting um, uh, their pants up in a roar talking about George Lucas's plans for the midichlorians and how, you know, the the Force lore was, you know, George was going to kind of go into that mystic weird uh, area. I, I I think it's kind of the same thing. Um, it's you know, seeing what Doctor Strange did and and. Um, What's that character that kind of uh, pushed uh, Bruce Banner's forehead and then he went like kind of weird backwards in time in that last Avengers movie? Uh, but the, it, it's uh, kind the of the ancient one. Yeah, 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 the ancient one. So it's kind of like, you know, similar, you know, it's it's not real world stuff. It's it's kind of off the wall. Um, I just think, you know, with stuff like that, we really have to give it a chance and. I don't know if, if they're going to go that route, you know, trust to see where that story goes before passing judgment. Um, but again, like Andrew says, a lot of people do that anyway. So <laughs> it's true. I mean, I, I know that I'm OK with them using time travel. I mean, it makes sense that they've now introduced this and I'm just going to ignore it and throw it away. But I was kind of hoping that maybe at least in the next phase or, or two, they were going to you know, rein it back in and, and um, get back to basics a little bit. And I mean, obviously they're doing that with like the Falcon Winter Soldier show. But then again, I mean, I knew this was coming. You have Doctor Strange, you have the Scarlet Witch stuff. I mean, they've opened Pandora's box. Yeah. Um, and they're not just going to be able to close it. Although, personally speaking, what I would really love to see is just a lot more uh, street level stuff and by street level I don't mean literally like daredevil but just like on earth like tangible problems in front of you that superheroes are solving not you know all this right space you want to see spider-man save content. new york not save. i want to see spider-man save new york not save all um, times and realities right right i mean which they did with with spider-man far from home i mean it was i think um it was it was in europe but you know Right. Still, it was it was you know a bit more tame, but obviously they're gonna they're gonna keep going um, with these big villains. King the Conqueror. I mean, even though he is just an Ant Man movie, he is a relatively big Avengers villain. Who like now they might tone him down for the Ant Man movies. I mean, who you know, I have no idea what they're gonna do with him, but he's a pretty powerful villain. Um, and I was kind of hoping to see some some less powerful and and more you know, relatable struggles also is the thing. Um, mm -hmm. But we're probably not going to get that. And that's okay. I can accept it. I'll accept it. I'll accept it. <laughs> Good. Um, now that you have agreed to accept it, Marvel can move on. That's exactly it. Um, they have my permission, Kevin Feige. Okay, excellent. He was waiting for that. Yeah, I mean, I do think they will have to, just judging by reading through Kang's history, 
they are going to have to kind of, because basically because of who he is and basically every time he ventures to this earth, it's like basically creating an alternate version. He's creating a, a new timeline, new version of himself. Mm-hmm. And he has shown up in Earth's timeline as both heroes and villains and even shown up as heroes to help defeat villainous versions of himself. Hmm. So they're going to have to really figure out exactly what they want to do with him to keep it from just being completely chaotic. Uh-huh. They're going to have to... Because I mean, that's the thing about comic books is that they, they seem to have the ability to kind of be sprawling and confusing and have a hundred different versions of the same story, but, you know, kind of all a little different and like, we're going to have a new universe. You know, you can't, that that's harder to do in movies. You have to have, so they may have to streamline the character a little bit. Is that kind of what you're saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I hope so. I'm sure they will. Quick question for you guys. Okay. So do you guys think, uh, you know, it seems like they're drawing, um, from some, I guess I don't want to say obscure characters, but some really, you know, general movie audiences are not going to react to characters like this. Um, and yes, they probably have to streamline or at least fast track their history to kind of make them more accessible to, um, you know, regular folks, not, uh, you know, people like us that have podcasts and talk about everything right. under the sun. Yeah. Um, do you guys think that, you know, we, we started talking about this character as not having so much buzz. Is it, do you think it's because there's so much stuff happening in the geek culture or it's, is it because people are like, well, who is this guy? Hmm. It's probably a mix of both. Um, I see what you're getting at and, and I like that question cause it is a good, like, are they not? Are people not freaking out about this because it's like just, people just don't know him, right? Or people just don't know about him. Um, are people burnt out? On, I don't on think. I, mean, I don't think that's the honestly. Case. I think a lot of what's going on right now is that people are just having trouble getting excited about movies, not even knowing what the next year of being able to go to the theater looks like. Yeah. And that's probably a valid point. You know, like, okay, so when are they going to start making this movie? Like, and it, even if they start filming it, what if the, you know, whole country shuts down again next year? Then what happens then? And and the fact that it's also a weird character on top of that. I mean, not only is he like, I mean, he's, he's definitely not less weird than Thanos. Like, I know there was talk about bringing in the, the head guy whose name I can't remember. The head guy? Oh, Modoc. Modoc, yeah. Um, oh, he's still getting his own show. But, like, pretty much that's the only thing they could have done that would have just immediately looking at a picture been weirder. Yeah, but more people know Modoc than know Kang the Conqueror. Right. Now, I think it's both. Now, one thing I do have confidence in Marvel on is selling us and selling a general audience on relatively unknown characters. Yeah. True. They've they've done a really good job with it. I mean, really going all the way back. Not that I think I think most people. I mean, Iron Man's kind of a, at least a, a you know B list character, and I think most people kind of knew the name Iron Man, but not a people. A lot of people in the grand scheme of things, as far as like a comic book hierarchy, knew. He's not Spider Man. He's not Superman. And 
And I mean, they created, I mean, this whole thing, this whole giant franchise started with Iron Man. And then they turned around and did Guardians of the Galaxy and everybody's like, who are these characters? Yeah. But now, now it worked out for them. Now, if they, now, now they haven't necessarily had been as good about doing that with their villains. Mm, as true. they have with their heroes. So this like will be Ronan a little bit the, of a test. Like the accuser was kind of boring. Honestly. But I think they're really counting on selling this with Iron, with Ant-Man, who has really kind of jumped up everybody's radar. Who would have thought? That's a good point. I love Ant-Man. Uh, I think he's great. I can't wait to see the next Ant-Man movie. I think he, he has really jumped up. But relatively speaking, he is still just Ant-Man. And maybe if they had announced Kang the Conqueror is going to be the next villain in the next Avengers movie, then there'd be a whole lot more talk about it, a whole lot more speculation, a whole lot more, Mm -hmm. what's it going to be? Who's Kang the Conqueror? A lot more caring because it'd be an Avengers movie and not just... An Ant-Man movie. Well, Ant-Man's really been more about, not as much about the villain as as about him. Yeah. True. Yeah. I mean, like the first... Well, I mean, we did, heist, we did a heist movie. Right. Where, and the so, first movie... I mean, there the was vi- a villain, but it's really about the heist. Okay, now, can I just say, though, I am glad to see that we have not pulled out yet another... This is the exact same character except evil. <laughs> Like you can only do that so many times before it's just done out. I mean, like Jeff Bridges and and, and Iron Man. Yeah, like okay, so we've got um, you know, Iron Man, and we not Iron. Let's 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 start. Let's go Ant Man. We've got Ant Man, and we've got Yellow Jacket, and we've got. I mean, you want to go back to um Hulk? We've got Hulk, and we've got basically abomination. Abom- you know, bigger weirder hulk you know it's just like isn't that pretty much andrew's laughing at me over here i just i like that description that's like (laughs) like they could do an abomination movie and that could be the tag bigger abomination a bigger weirder hulk (laughs) that's funny but you know know what getting back to what andrew said i mean you you really do have a good point marvel has really uh up their game in introducing a lot of these background characters and really kind of making their their own, I guess not background characters, but lesser known characters. Mm-hmm. When they announced Ant-Man was going to be a movie, I'm like, mm, how are they going to do that? You know, I mean, <laughs> right. it's 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 so off the wall and, and it can work in, in comic books because of the medium. Right. You know, you draw you draw a guy riding an ant. But like, how does that translate to to a cinematic, you know, like a film where you're actually going to have to see a dude riding an ant? And it's, it's visual- just like. And- Come on, didn't you see Honey, I Shrunk the Kid? We've seen people ride ants before. <laughs> Don't you remember Auntie? But they're 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 visually they're they're the Ant Man movies are visually amazing. Yep. Oh yeah. I mean, and you know, to to agree with Andrew's point, we are sitting here having a conversation about the villain for Ant Man of all things, Ant Man like. It, it maybe it's a little bit ironic that we're trying to decide if they can make an Ant Man villain compelling enough for us to care about. Because if they manage to make Ant Man compelling enough, they can probably pull it off with the villain too. Yeah. That being said, Yellow Jacket was the worst. So, 
David, uh, what else did you have that you wanted to touch on? The uh, Some video game stuff, right? Yeah, so uh, staying in the realm of Marvel. It's all Marvel this week. Uh, there was a new gameplay trailer for the new Spider-Man game, uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales, coming out uh, this winter alongside the PS5, which I think also just got announced for like November 5th or something, something like that. So next-gen consoles are coming soon, and that's kind of scary because I don't have money, and I'm going to not be able to play them for a while. Amen. I was hoping I'd get a couple more years but uh, to save up for it, but here it is. Um, but yeah, we're getting a, a new uh, Spider-Man game. It's it's basically a sequel to Spider-Man PS4, but they've said it's not a full-on sequel. It's kind of just a little spinoff, a, a little like um, appetizer until Spider-Man 2 comes along uh but it's spider-man miles morales and uh did, did uh, any of you guys play the uh, spider-man ps4 game i know andrew you don't have a ps4 I don't, do you yeah i don't have a playstation i'm just on xbox so fair enough. i and, and i played a little bit about it. i played a little um like i'm really addicted to racing games so like i'll start i didn't even finish the uh the last star wars game um, on the PS4. Elijah would be um, your best friend. He loves to wreck <laughs> things. It's yeah. his jam. So, you know, I, I like uh, running away from virtual police and uh, racing other racers. But, you know, I, I've been playing this uh, damn Need for Speed, and it's an old game, but I just, I just love it. Mm-hmm. And like some of the newer games, uh, you know, I probably, I might get the new Avengers. Um is that is that on uh yeah that's on that was released in early september um not not many great things have been said about it though right uh, i guess yeah. I'll, I'll, i guess i'll keep racing yeah. you, yeah, that's fair enough man I, I still play the same games over and over again one of those games being spider-man ps4 which i've now beat like four times uh so i'm beyond excited for this next spider-man Miles Morales game, especially since Avengers kind of looks like crap. Uh, I didn't play it. I didn't buy it. I was gonna, but then it just looks awful. And all the reviews are saying that it's such a big disappointment, which really sucks because I had so much hope for that game. That game was going to change my whole life. And uh, now I'm not even buying it. Maybe next time they'll get it right. But uh, this one is giving me some hope for Marvel games because Spider-Man PS4 is honestly one of the best Spider-Man stories in the past 20 years. Agree. It, it, it is fantastic. Um, I loved it. it. It's definitely worth playing. Um, I, I bought a PS4 for it. Uh, oh, wow. It's still the only game I have on PS4 because uh, I wanted to play it that badly. And it's a fantastic game. The gameplay is amazing. Best Spider-Man game. And there have been a lot of great Spider-Man games. So I'm really excited for the sequel. And I'm also really excited for this, and um, it looks fantastic. I don't know if any of y'all got the got a chance to see the trailer. I mean, it's like a seven-minute-long gameplay trailer, so I totally get it if you're like, I'm not watching that. But I watched it, and I was just salivating at every second of it. It looks fan-freaking-tastic. Um, and this one, you play as Miles Morales, who at the end of the first game got his powers. Um, okay. And it, it, it is set in the same world as the direct sequel. Uh, no Peter in it yet, and there's no like a Peter. Probably we don't know if Peter's going to be in it or not. 
Um, the speculation for a long time was that the next game you would be able to play as both. You like switch back and forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this, this one looks like it's just Miles Morales. Maybe in the official sequel, you'll get the switch back and forth. But it, it looks great. The gameplay looks great. The graphics look great. Um, it's snowing, which is wonderful. I've always wanted to swing around in a Spider-Man game, but it's snowing uh, in New York winter. Looks awesome. Um, it it just looks like Spider-Man PS4, but what turned up to eleven. You know, it's it's a, it looks like a perfect what a sequel should be. You take all the good things about the right. first game. Yep, it's what, what you always hope it. sequels will be, and what they rarely are. Now, did Definitely. they use the same? Like all the same mechanics, or has this been? Was this game specifically built for the new system? I think that now the gameplay trailer that I saw was on the new system, and I don't think it's even coming out on PS4. I'm gonna double check that I mean, to that, be sure because if it's coming out on PS4, then it must have been just the same engine, probably. Right. Well, that's kind of what I wondered. And and honestly, like this is kind of when I hate like games kind of can be a mess during the changeover Mm -hmm. to a new system because it it used to not be the case. It used to be you got a new system. It was just all new games. But now when they're kind of like on this bubble, they start trying to make these games work on both systems. And sometimes they don't quite work right on either because it's kind of why like right when the Xbox one the PlayStation 4 came out, it was kind of a bad time for some games because they were trying so hard to balance it on both, and this the game ends up not running as good as it could on the next console, and then running bad on the previous console because it's trying to do good things with the next console's hardware. And, but yeah, I, I just read uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales. Uh, Sony just confirmed yesterday it is coming to PS4 as well. Okay, and and it did it did look like it's the exact same engine. I mean, it looks like the same game, just made a little bit better. Right. Um, well, you I'm want sure. a lot. You want the most people to be able to buy it, and it makes sense right. to make it work on the new, you know, on both generations. If of the it's console. not a big enough game for people to go out and buy the console for the game, right? Well, a lot of people are like me, I, and I think I saw Ro post something about this yesterday when the PlayStation stuff was going crazy. Is I've I. I don't remember. I I don't remember the last time I bought a console on day one. Yeah, because they're they're buggy. I mean, was it the place? It was was it the PlayStation Four that? I mean, they just bricked. Like the display models in the store were were crapping out. Jeez. Oh, yeah, I mean, I'm I bought the Xbox One um, really early on. I don't th- I don't think it was day one, but it was in like the first week. And I did not get to play it for like a week because it was just completely crapped out. Uh, none of the servers worked. Like it was, yeah. So, well, it's, in the, it's, not, in the, it's not worth it. In the first model Xbox, um, I guess it was the Xbox 360 that they packed the wiring too tight and they they would overheat and, and destroy your system. And I think I went through three of those. I went through yeah. like three or four Xbox 360s that kept getting the red ring of death. Um, I'm just not an early adopter on the new systems because Andrew doesn't buy anything when it for like, you know, he's like new iPhone. That's nice to see, you know, <laughs> I'll buy one and, you know, six months whenever all the bugs are worked out. Yeah. 
it's just they're always so buggy. Well, I mean, you. even computers have that issue with the new processors and cameras. What's, what's annoying to me, the problem that I have with wanting to buy a new game is because I've always missed out on this. Is like in a year they're already announcing that they're gonna the Xbox One S, I think it was mm-hmm. called, right? Like, oh, yeah. or Series X, maybe whatever. <laughs> is that the new one? I don't even know. There was an Xbox One that was better than the one that I bought. That was coming out a year later. And it's like, oh, thanks. Great. Well, I just bought this one. Right. So I'm not. So like now I don't want to. I'm so afraid of getting screwed over and buying the wrong thing that the second that that I'm afraid of buying it. And then the second that I buy the new thing, the next new things announced. Right. Now I just wasted my money when I could have just waited a year and gotten the even better one. Yeah. Well, I was toying with the idea of getting of getting the new Xbox when it came out, but. Um, I kind of lucked out when they pushed Halo back because now I don't feel any pressure to, uh, mm-hmm. now I'm like, I'll wait till Halo comes out and then I'll go get it. But, yeah, uh, I have no I will real say, incentive to buy these new consoles. The Spider-Man game was really the only game that's ever made me want to go out and grab a PlayStation. And honestly, when this, now that everybody's getting this new console, I will mm-hmm. probably start watching for a PS4 on eBay Yeah, just so I can play that game in this new one. Definitely worth it. Like I said, it, it really is one of, and Ro agreed, it's, it's one of the best Spider-Man stories in a long time. It is everything that Spider-Man should be. And the gameplay is wonderful. It's such a fun game to play. Um, it's, it's hard to put down mm-hmm. uh, when you're playing it. It's just so much fun. The characters are great. The story's great. The dialogue's great. It's it's one of my favorite games that I've ever played. But I'm, I'm a bit biased because I'm obsessed with Spider-Man, but still. You know, one other thing that ticks me off uh, with these game consoles every time they come out is that uh, I think with the exception of PlayStation 1 and 3, or was it, I think it was 1 and 3, the games are not backwards compatible. And, uh, you know, a lot of people have a big investment. And, like, I had a big investment in games uh, from PlayStation 3. And then, you know, they announced PlayStation 4 and the new Star Wars Battlefront came out only on PlayStation 4. And I'm like, oh, am I going to miss this? Mm -hmm. Luckily, I have a uh, really nice brother who gave me a PlayStation 4 for for my birthday one year. Wow. And I went ahead and I I bought the, um, the Battlefront game for it. And obviously it was fantastic, but I wasn't going to buy, you know, a whole new console just for one game and I wouldn't be able to play the rest of my game. So I I still have both of them. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, you know, being a fan of these racing games, I I was curious. First of all, I was adamant that I'm not going to buy two of the same damn games because I'm just I I don't want to spend that money. But, you know, the racing game was was it's such an addiction for me that I'm like, you know what, let me try it. Cause maybe the graphics will be better. Um, you know, I bought it, I bought a used one and I plopped it in. The graphics are exact. It's the exact same game. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, one of my biggest regrets and I, I have many, one of my biggest regrets is getting rid of my old consoles. Whenever I get a new one, uh, I yeah. wish my dad would have been like, no. But I was just, you know, a 12-year-old who wanted $20 in, 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 in credit at GameStop. So I'd give up right. this beautiful, perfect console. And it is, like, so sad when I go to my friend's house and they have the old consoles. 
And they're like, oh, yeah, I'm just playing the old like the old Madden game from like 2005 that I really like because this one has whatever football player. Not, not that I would care about that, but it's like, oh, man, wish I could play the old games that I like. And <laughs> uh, it's just the biggest regrets of my life yep. um, is getting rid of uh, those consoles. So my my biggest advice, whenever I have a child, he's going to come as soon as I'm holding him. The first thing I'm going to say is never get rid of your consoles. It's that important to me. <laughs> May that be the biggest regret of your life, David. <laughs> We all that is really? that is our wish for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As old people, <laughs> may the greatest regret of your life being getting rid of old gaming consoles. I have a couple more, but they're not sci-fi related. So <laughs> <laughs> Unrelated regrets. <laughs> all right. Uh, did you have anything else, David? No, that that's pretty much all the news. Unless anybody else has uh, any thoughts on the casting or the. Uh, on the Spider-Man game, there was really n- nothing else that stood out to me as important. There was a picture of the Falcon suit. But I think we already had a picture, so just another picture. Right. Other than that, no- nothing, nothing else really going on. No, I, uh, I think the only exciting thing that I, I was, you know, they had the, it was really just a Disney plus ad, but they had yeah. Falcon throw in the shield, which was kind of cool, but. Yeah. Oh yeah, that is cool. I can't wait for that show. It's going to be great. Oh, and we did get a confirmation that, Scarlet Witch is coming out this year. Yay. Oh. Yeah, I did hear that. Was it uh, WandaVision? WandaVision. WandaVision. Yeah. One of the worst names for a TV show I've ever heard. Absolutely. But it looks like it's going to be super fun. Speak all those things I I was complaining about, like with the weird and the time travel and all that stuff. Well, I guess I just need to... Take it all back because I'm super excited about this show, and I have a feeling it's going to do all the weird stuff. So. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I think the title uh, gives you a clue. Once you see the series, mm-hmm. once you see the show, the title will make sense. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I mean, I know. I mean, I I, I think I think you're right, and you know, it's kind of like, um, what are the, those old like back like in like the like when TV was first around, they would announce like, oh man, brand new technology, blank vision or whatever, right? That was a thing. Or am I wrong? Oh, I see. Yeah, like Technicolor. Or... Yeah, like Technicolor. It's like, or Technovision. Yeah. Or color, yeah. And sure. it's all kind of like retro-based. That's sort of what I got from it. Yeah, um, I think that's more or less where they're going with it. Which, I mean, it's cool. It's great. It's just a weird title, but I've come to just accept it. But yeah, I'm very excited for that. All right, guys. Well, that's going to uh, wrap us up for tonight. Not a whole lot of news, but it was still fun to talk about it with you guys. Uh, we always are able to stretch things that are just, oh, this will be short. And then we're talking about it for an hour because we just love this stuff so much. Uh, but that's the beauty of podcasting, I guess. Don't forget to check out our show later this week where we're going to talk about Indiana Jones. I'm very excited to talk about that. I'm sure you guys are, too. And other than that, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, Andrew, where can people find you on the internet? Okay, you can find me running the Twitter account for this show at Sci underscore Fictionary. You can drop us a line at thesciencefictionary at gmail.com, or you can find us at thesciencefictionary.com. And as always, I want to remind you that this podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. You can go to red5network.com to check out all of our podcast family over there. And you can follow the network at Red Five Network on Twitter. Awesome. And Marisha? You can find me. My website is princessesandpadawans.com. I am on Instagram at princesses underscore and underscore padawans. Um, and I will eventually get new pictures of my kids and their costumes up. 
And you can also find me on Twitter at ppadawans. Great. And Ro? Yes, so you can find the Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast on Twitter, Scarif Podcast. And we are available everywhere else you find your other favorite podcasts like this one. Again, Scarif Podcast, part of the Red 5 Network. I am proud and honored to be among you all. Thank you. We are honored that you were on the show with us tonight. It was a lot of fun. Please feel free to come back at any point. And uh, my name is David. You guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at stay underscore creative DD and on my YouTube channel, creative DD. Thank you guys so much for listening to the science fictionary podcast. Don't forget to like us and subscribe wherever you're listening and be sure to find us on all your favorite uh, platforms for listening to podcasts. We're on everywhere. You can find them, Spotify, iTunes, etc. Thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to tune in for our next show on Thursday and next week and every week following that. Thanks for listening. And as always, for Frodo. I want to restart this whole outro. Great. That's going in the show.